it's okay to play video games, but look what else you could be doing with your time. You know, look what else you can experience. Look what else you can explore. Look how amazing your body is, right? Look how amazing the world is around you. You can't create that in virtual reality, the, the wonder of nature, the beauty of nature, the beauty of the connection between you and another human being moving. Welcome to The Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's dive in and get started. Today on the show is Daryl Edwards. Daryl is a former investment banking technologist turned movement coach and author. He is the author of The Primal Play Method and a physical activity, health, and play researcher. Daryl is also the author of the best-selling book, Animal Moves, which highlights why humans should move like the animals we are. And I know we'll get into this, but in late 2020, he released a children's picture book uh, called My First Animal Moves, and we'll definitely, I definitely want to hear about that. But Daryl, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much. I thank you for the introduction, and I'm so looking forward to having a chat. Me too. Me too. So, you know, Daryl, I just wanted to start with this. I mean, you're, I know you're located near London or in London, and I'm in the Boston area. And, you know, during the winter months, it can be really tough to get outside, you know, in nor- in northern climates with all the cold and the snow and the ice. And, you know, many people can feel trapped indoors, but you have such a radically different way of thinking about movement. And, I, and I'd love for you to just share, share that with us. Yeah, I suppose, especially, as you mentioned, during the winter months, it, you know, there are so many reasons not to go outside, right? <laughs> not to want to go outside. And, and you know, you, we've all heard the adage, you know, it's not basically about how cold the weather is, it's how prepared you are in terms of what you're wearing, right? Mm. So you, you can dress for the elements to ensure that you can safely be outside to have some sort of, of movement practice. But, but staying with the cold weather thingy, what many people don't realize is actually there are significant benefits of movement outdoors or what's known as kind of outdoor or green fitness over and above just taking part in physical activity itself. So one of the reasons why I advocate for more natural, more playful movement is because you can enhance the benefits. You're more likely to sustain a relationship with physical activity and you're more likely to want to continue to do so. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 you're, I mean, you you post these great videos. Anybody that hasn't seen your your work on on Instagram, um, you post these great videos. And it's just, I mean, the whole way you do it, Daryl, I mean, it's like anywhere can be your I, I know you you have a you kind of look at it differently. I mean, anywhere can be your gym, no matter where you are, like you said, yeah. outside yeah. or inside. Yeah, ex- exactly. I, I think, um, you know, there are so many distractions and so many barriers to taking part in exercise, right? We don't have the time, we don't have the resources, we're not sure what we should be doing, we don't feel capable enough of, of, of doing so. So we're, we're kind of seduced by sedentary living. You know, we're seduced by the chair, 
were seduced by just feel relaxed, feel comfortable. And for us to partake in exercise, if we don't have a reason to do so, i.e. we're not an athlete, we're not trying to raise some money for charity, right? We're not competitive and want to play sports. If you don't want to do any of the, any of those, it's like, well, why am I exercise? And why am I exercising? Okay, right, you want to you get into shape. You want to focus on your health. Even if I want to do so, it just feels such a difficult and painful pursuit, right? It's, it's something that we tend to avoid naturally. <laughs> it's almost mm-hmm. instinctive to avoid exercise. So what I propose and what I find really useful as part of the primal play method is, is um, the founder of the primal play method is to advocate for letting your gym be wherever you're, you are, wherever you're at, right? And even better than that, make the world around you your playground. So focus on enjoyable, sustainable activities wherever you are, whether that's your living room, whether that's your backyard, whether that's your local park, wherever you feel, you know, whether that's your gym, you know, mm-hmm. but wherever you feel you can sustain physical activity, you can be excited by it. You can create objectives which are meaningful to you. And for me, that came about by me looking at my childhood and thinking to myself, it was just a, a, like a bevy. It was just like a, a smorgasbord of playful activity. Right? It was any excuse to get outside, whatever the weather. <laughs> whatever the weather, if you were given the opportunity to get outside, that's what we did as kids. And everyone that I knew did exactly the same thing. And everyone I knew was petrified to hear their parents saying, get inside. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I want to stay outside. I want to continue to play with my friends. You know, why is it, why is it dark? Why is the sun gone down and we've got to go inside? What, you know, <laughs> sleep is wasteful. I just want to get up in the morning and go back outside again. So, so for me, that childhood, you know, sort of um, ideal, not, not, not an idealistic, but, you know, sort of, focus on on physical activity and movement but there was something very innocent about this fascination of ex- about exploring movement mm. and different movement opportunities and different types of games and taking part in risky endeavors the sort of things that you probably never want to do as an adult right you'd be too scared <laughs> to attempt but as kids you you were constantly thinking about well what can i do today which is different what can I do which is going to help bond with my with my peers? What am I going to do that's going to challenge myself because I want to kind of, you know, age as I can see my peers around me are aging and, and doing the things that they are doing. And and the, much of that is missing from our from children of today. They don't have those outdoor, you know, kind of free range, free roaming experiences any any longer um i I read recently in in a study that kids in the u.s have between four an average four to seven minutes of unstructured outdoor play daily um and they have (laughs) up to seven hours of screen time a day Mm. um um, and which is alarming (laughs) you know i mean it's beyond alarming 
because even even though that's an that's an average, um, you know, there are going to be some kids who have zero and strict to play time. Right. That's the you know, that's, you know, a significant likelihood. And you're also going to be having many kids who have far more than seven hours a day of screen time as mm. part of their, their daily experience. So it, it, it's worrying when you consider pretty much within a generation or two. The shift has been. I mean, it's almost dystopian, a shift whereby mm. myself thinking about four to seven minutes of, of, you know, unstructured play, that was just me getting, that would just be me getting out of bed, getting to the front door, right? <laughs> and and, yeah, and stepping you're, outside, you're you know. You're crawling to the door, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're just doing, you're doing crazy things. You, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, even my younger brother was a couple of years younger than I, and we shared, we shared a bedroom. And, you know, when the parents weren't watching, we were wrestling. You know, we'd climb the we'd climb the wardrobe. You know, <laughs> we'd jump off the wardrobe onto onto the bed. We did body slams and and you know, surprised that the, the beds were sturdy enough to take <laughs> take all of that punishment. But we literally used, if we couldn't go outside, we'd use our bedroom as a playground, as as you know, a gym. You know, climbing frames, like jumping on the beds. Back the beds a trampoline. We'd we'd play pretend to be animals we play hide and seek we play tag and then as soon as we went outside that continued on a much larger scale uh so to consider that for many kids today it's, they get a, a few minutes a day of that is is terrifying um and we know the evidence tells us that our children suffer considerably as a result not just the physical burden of less physical activity, but also the burden of the developmental processes, the emotional intelligence, the ability to build resilience, all of those things would dial down significantly because now we can say, oh, we can use technology to ensure you have something to do and we can supervise you as much as we would like to keep you safe in quotation marks. Uh, and, you know, the only, you know, your, your pr predominant social interaction is going to be one which is technology based. And and so, you you know, you're exposed to this artificial environment, which doesn't give you the, the sort of dopamine hits, the natural dopamine hits, which would have existed again a generation or two ago. So mm. so with all the fascination and the wonders of, of modern technology, the fact that we can record this podcast now, it, it, it's all wonderful. But you and I have a, we have a context and a background where we have a, an appreciation of this before and after. You know, we can see the best of technology, but we can also hopefully see the drawbacks and recognize if we were children today, how tempting it would be not to want to get outside and play all day. If our parents are saying, no, you can't go outside, you know, what, what would, what we have, what would we have chosen to do, right? Mm. As a kid, you would have been, you would have been, you know, you would have modeled the life that you saw around you, the expectations of those around you. So we would have lived a sedentary lifestyle. There would have been no, there would have been no real choice. Um, but fortunately, our parents weren't. You know, society around us didn't behave in that way. There was an expectation of a certain amount of independence 
for children, uh, a certain amount of, of, of you know, unsupervision. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because because we've you know we've got to do our adult stuff. <laughs> you do your kids stuff and, and look after yourselves. Just make sure you don't get into trouble. Make sure you don't bring any shame home. And and amuse yourselves. If you're bored, if we were bored, you were told to find something to do. Right? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't my parents' job to find activities for me to do. Whereas now many people, many parents feel as if it's their responsibility to ensure that children can attend all of these extracurricular activities and play dates and you know attend supervised uh, sporting activities and. It's a different, it's certainly a different world. And it's certainly one where children have a lot more, in many respects, many more experiences, um, many more opportunities to do a wider range of diverse activities. But at the same time, they've lost this sense of curiosity and creativity and finding out about themselves and the world around them because we've created this very sanitized, controlled, safe, haven for for kids which is usually based on adults supervising them yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely uh, um and yeah and as i said there's there, there are lots of studies supporting and reporting as to why kids are not better off as a result why there's an increase in mental health issues why there's an, an increase in physical issues health issues yeah. why there are social intelligence and emotional intelligence issues children not knowing how to how to behave with their peers you know there's an increase in bullying there's an increase in self-harm there's an increase in in children not being able to deal with 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 life in general and and a lot of that stems from this overprotectionism, this play deprivation this you know st- structured you know, highly supervised environment, you know, the helicopter parenting, the bulldozer parenting that occurs. So yeah, I know we've gone up down on a down a rabbit hole of of, of this focus on, on on children, but but most of that stems from what parents of today value for mm. their kids. <laughs> and so these kids will adopt those values and represent those to their children. This, this increased reliance on technology to, to kind of look after and babysit our children. Um, and so, yeah, so when I'm, when I'm looking at the, the, this sort of utility of primal play and the primal play method, I do have a viewpoint, which is a focus on children and on families. And I also have this viewpoint on how adults can embrace their inner child, how adults can focus on enjoying movement uh, whether that's with them, just with themselves or with their peers, as well as with their children. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, cause I've, you know, I've used, um, you know, I've used the primal play method. I've, I've used your card, your card deck, Daryl. And I've, you know, the other day I was just out in the backyard and I was dancing around and, you know, I think my son thought I was just crazy, you know, but I'm dancing <laughs> around and playing, I'm hanging from a tree branch. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, I love how you say it's, you know, our, absolutely, our kids are in trouble and they, they need to do this. But same, same thing with adults. And I love how you say, you know, embracing our own inner child mm. when it comes to movement. That's yeah, amazing. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, play isn't just for kids. You know, we, we and adults know this because we 
we choose playful activities, but they tend to be mainly detrimental. <laughs> you know, so, so, mm. so, you know, drinking alcohol, binge drinking alcohol would be would be deemed an adult playful pursuit for many. Right. Let's go out. Let's get smashed. Mm. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the vernacular is in the US, but that's what we would say in the UK. Right. Let's just get absolutely hammered as much alcohol as possible. We'll suffer the consequences the following day. Wasn't that a great night? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. let's, you know, let's go to Vegas. Let's lose all of our money gambling. But we played. We played hard, didn't we? Right. So so we we, we know we need to play. But adults have created this sort of almost artificial platform for play, which we which we feel satisfies our playful states. But there's something there's something missing. And the way I think about this is we know those playful activities can become really harmful. So, for example, video games. Right. There's something about video games, which for some kids can become highly addictive. I mean, even for adults, highly addictive, right? They, they, there's nothing else they can focus on. Just got to keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. You know, and it can be the same for other things like, you know, gambling, like, like drinking and alcoholism, you know. Um, but when you think about childhood play, right, I didn't know any kids who was addicted to playing tag, right, or... or or wanted to to climb trees all day and you couldn't get you know couldn't get them off a tree, right? <laughs> there was there was something which was self-regulating about many of those activities. Yes, there were lots of fun. Yes, if you if you had no choice in the matter and your parents said you could do whatever you want, you probably would say, oh, I just want to play all day. Don't you know? Don't do anything else. But there's something self-regulating about it, which is the body gets tired, right? You you have an argument with a friend. You break up friendships and then your best friends the following day. You know, there's, there's something about it which means it's impossible to become addictive, addicted to those activities as children, which I think is wonderful because it shows that it, it's, a, it's a natural, it's nature's way of creating boundaries and limits and, and self-regulation around those activities. And yet as adults, when we choose playful activities, it's it's much more difficult to self-regulate because we tend to feel more is better. You know, if I go gambling, the more I spend, you know, the better it is. The more risks I take, the greater it is. The more money I lose, I'm going to win more back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I'm drinking, it's got to be a competition. You know, I'm going to drink. If I'm going to drink four pints, you're going to drink six. Okay, I'm going to drink eight. Let's see how much we can drink before we, you know, <laughs> and still remain, remain standing. So, so there's this unhealthy appreciation for those adult play-like activities. And so what I'm proposing in adults embracing their inner child is almost reverting back to this innocence, to this childlike, not childish, but a childlike fascination. The experience of looking at the world around you and thinking, oh my goodness, there are just so many things that I can do. Like when I was a kid, for example, I remember as a kid going to my local park, right? I never once thought this is boring. <laughs> you know, the same, it's only got the same equipment. Oh my goodness. Like I, you know, it's only got the same football pitch. It's only got the same bit, you know, a few trees we can climb and the climbing frames and like, oh my goodness, what a waste of time. No, <laughs> we we went back 
day after day over the summer holidays, the summer vacation. And it was like it was brand new every single day. You know, it was <laughs> it was like we almost hadn't almost had never played there before. Mm. Right. We, we didn't say, oh, what we're going to do now. You know, <laughs> look at that. Look at that same tree. We've climbed, you know, many times this summer. Oh, we're bored. No, it was like, let's go and climb the tree again. Let's play. Let's play the next game of tag. Let's play, you know, pick up sports. Uh, I think that's a term you guys use in the, in the U.S., right? Pick up basketball or whatever it might be, right? It, it's there's this fascination because you're you feel just re-energized every single time you 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 approach this dynamic of you and your friends outside having an amazing time, forgetting about anything else, completely in the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Um, visualizing you're the best sports person. So I used to visualize being Pele playing football or soccer, right? You know, or pretending to be, you know, um, whoever the sports star was. But that, that's what you would do, right? I'm going to pretend to be a sports star. I'm going to pretend to be a superhero. I'm going to pretend to to move like a particular a certain animal. And and it's amazing. I mean, and it's it's amazing actually how much of of this I've focused on as an adult because I. I didn't appreciate that it that much as a kid, right? And you're you're chasing getting older and becoming ad, an adult and having, you know, what you believe are, are, are things will be better when I'm old and, and there'll be no responsibilities. I'll just be an adult and life will be better you know, yeah. when, when parents aren't telling me what to do. Right. But now I really appreciate that type of childhood mm. uh, um, and and being able to have some autonomy. And the fact that my parents and many and all parents at that time would trust their kids, you know, to, to, to avoid certain dangers, to avoid not interacting with, with, with certain individuals, right, to, to, to be safe, to look after their, their younger siblings, if that was the, the, the dynamic of the, of the family. Those are the responsibilities I had as, as the eldest child to make sure my brothers and sisters who, who, who came out to play with me were looked after. You know, there was a code of making sure you looked after your friends if, if you were if you were going out with as a group of friends. There, there was something about this which I which I think has we've we've lost. Mm. Uh, and so now everything is everything is scary. There's there's a significant amount of fear for our children. And and some of that we we hold on to as adults because we lose, we become more risk averse, we lose this fascination, we tend to take less and less risks, or we go extreme. You know, that's, you know, it's like, right, I've got to jump out of an airplane. I have to, you know, do extreme sports to get that adrenaline rush rather than thinking, no, I can just choose pursuits, which are, which do give me an adrenaline rush, but don't have to endanger my life every single time I do this. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's like find, find that balance, which will give you that rush, but also, um, you know, and, and of course will involve some risk. But it'll be calculated, calculated risk. It'll be well, managed risk. Well, Daryl, I remember being with you in that park in Boston and you you had me, I think, well, you I think you were walking along the top of a bench um, yeah. just sort of balancing. And I was and I mean that, you know, just walking on the top of a bench trying to balance. I mean, that's an adrenaline rush. That was great. It's it's it certainly is. And and even though I I've done it many, many times and people assume, you know, they watch me do it. And they're like, oh, you know it's okay for you because you've done it so many times you've become really adept at this 
and I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. Every single time I do this, <laughs> I'm feeling there's anxiety. Mm-hmm. There's there's focus. There's concentration. I'm thinking of exit strategies. I'm thinking of what happens if I I fall. What happens if I don't take the you know my next step is not a great step. What do I do? You know that's and that's what all happening in real time. And and again, it, that's a sort of way that you would think as a as a kid, you wouldn't take it for granted, because once you do, once you become complacent, that's when accidents happen. Mm. And so you kind of make those, you make those mistakes as a kid. Many times over, you go, oh, I can do this now. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> and then crash, you know, you're like, ah, oh, okay, right. I, <laughs> I need to pay more attention. I, I need to almost pretend I'm always a novice mm. and, and there's always room for improvement. And that's how I approach those activities. Again, if I fall, it's unlikely I'm going to die, but, but there's still an element of risk. And I don't want to I don't want to treat it, you know, being a couple of feet off the ground on a bench or, you know, three foot off the ground of a bench. I don't want to treat it lightly because falling can still be pretty catastrophic, yeah. you know. Um, but the but the adrenaline rush and feeling as if you have that control over your body within that environment mm. and seeing this bench as a as a as a play, as you know, as some playground equipment. Um, and so, yeah, I've done this on benches. I do this on you know, fences on, on, on railings in the, in, in the park. I don't have to do it 20, 30 meters off the ground. Like some adults probably would to go, Oh yes, look, this, look how amazing I am. Look how, how death defying this is. And it's like, well, is it worth it? Because if you slip, there's no way out, right? You, you know, what are you gaining from this? Um, it, it may be a thrill, but that, but no, that's not something that I feel is, is a beneficial Drill. Yeah. But yeah, a couple of feet off the ground and balancing. Oof, that's a rush. And yeah. and it's not only is it a rush, it's it, it's also fantastic physically. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Core engaged, you know, like you have to really stabilize the body. You have to be really stay within the in the moment and become become more mindful. It helps you to become more resilient. It helps you realize how fragile, right? we can we can be in those <laughs> in those moments um so you appreciate you appreciate life itself you feel alive in those moments i would say mm, absolutely so so daryl since our last conversation you you wrote a best selling children's book my first animal moves and i love you know i haven't you know when we talked last time we didn't we didn't get into that but just tell us about um where did this book come from and how how's it been going yeah, so I, I wanted to to write a book because you know my first book, Anim, you know one of my books, Animal Moves, was written very much for adults, structured program of movements, you know lots of fun activities thrown in for those who want to do movements with with families, and then my range of cards, fitness cards, also have editions for for young children uh, as well as adults, but I wanted to create something specifically. For, for younger younger kids and to talk on this 21st century issue of the overutilization of technology from a kid's perspective without preaching to them and that's what this this my my first animal movies is about it, it looks at nathan this young boy 
who loves to play computer games, who loves to watch TV and doesn't see the importance or relevance of going outside to play. Right? Like, why would I want to do anything else apart from playing my video games? Right? Everything's here. You know, I mean, it's far greater than my imagination, which is part of the problem. Right. Your imagination should be more fascinating than any video game that you could play. But but that's what the, that's the kind of the, the starting point of this game, uh, uh, this book. And Nathan then experiences the the world around him with his with his dog called Lola. Um, and they realize that being outside and playing and moving like animals can actually be a lot of fun. It can be fun being outside. It can be fun playing with your parents. And it doesn't mean you never have to play computer games again or watch the TV again, but you can create a more healthful balance. So, so it, was, it was really difficult to, to find the balance again, to find the right balance of saying, it's okay to play video games, but look what else you could be doing with your time. You know, look what else you can experience. Look what else you can explore. Look how amazing your body is, right? Look how amazing the world is around you. You can't create that in virtual reality, the, the wonder of nature, the beauty of nature, the beauty of the connection between you and another human being moving. So um, pretty deep for, mm-hmm. for, you know, a six or seven-year-old. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's, it's, it's really gone down. It's really gone down well. Um, yeah. And you, you, sometimes you never know until you put it out there. Uh, and you're never sure of your abilities. But I recently, actually yesterday, recently, um, I, sub- I submitted my book for an award um, last year, highly contested. And, you know, there's, unfortunately, there are some awards you can pretty much pay, right, <laughs> to, to become a finalist or to be shortlisted, you know. Um, but this award, this award kind of, you know, for scheme for, for children's books, they actually get several schools, like about 20 schools in different parts of the world, and the children read the books, rate the books, and you have to achieve a certain score to be able to become a finalist. And some some that book, My First Animal Moves, actually has become a finalist in this uh, in this book awards category mm. for children. Um, I don't know how well I've done. That's not, I don't find out until April uh, uh, of, of this year, 22. But um, to be a finalist and to know that it wasn't based on adults judging it, right. but it was, based on, it was based on kids judging it is, is incredible. I'm like so elated and, and so like, I just feel really proud and vindicated that that children recognize how good this book is because there was some pretty stiff competition yeah um and and that's not my you know i'm not a children's book author you know that that's not my my history or what i what i wanted to do with my life this is very much a passion project but it's just given me even more belief now in i can do this i can explore my passion and and make it applicable for young children as well, not just helping adults play, but really encouraging and fostering this in children as well. That's great. That's great. And it's so it's so great that that children were your uh, were the voters here and chose your book. I mean, that's what a 
what an endorsement there for your yeah yeah no it's it's incredible it's like 150 kids yeah um across two two continents and and um and you know they, and they pretty much evaluate it on everything from the you know the graphics the cover the story like every everything you know there's like about four or five different categories the way they rate where they rate the book and you've got to get a pretty pretty high score so i think so let's say it's 50 50 mm. points and you've got to get 40 or over to become a finalist so so you've got to mark pretty highly across the board to 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 to, to become a finalist so um so yes yeah, so i'm a finalist for this book uh, it's given me certainly given me some food for thought around creating you know looking at other books for children in 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 a similar vein Mm. Uh, and I just hope I have the ideas to, to, <laughs> to make it worthwhile because it, 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 you know, I just didn't realize how difficult it would be to create something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you, you know, know it's, such a, it's such an, such an important message of what you're saying. Um, we just had, we just had a gentleman on the other day, just talking about the crisis going on with young people right now, mental health crisis. And, mm. um, so your, your book is just so timely and so important right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I I do believe it is. And, you know, we can't just say to kids, even though I try to, <laughs> you know, it used to be better in the old days, right? It was better when I was a kid. It doesn't, it's not really relevant. I remember how irrelevant it was when, when my parents and grandparents told me how great life was for them yeah. when they were kids, right? In the old days. So, so it's not enough to say to them, ah, oh, it's magical. It was so magical, my childhood, having all this free time to play, because they'll just say, what, with no computers? What, with no smartphones? What, with no, you know, <laughs> you know, how could, how, what, what would be great about that sort of life? Their reference points are completely different. So I had to, I thought I almost had to think of, of the mind of a, of a five, six, seven year old now and what they're fascinated by. And, and how I could nudge them a little bit closer to be thinking about, oh, yeah, actually, there are alternatives to me spending my time, you know, and, and most of my day in front of a screen. Um, and, and many kids just don't have, have not experienced the other side. Mm. You know, they've just been surrounded and, and been embraced by technology. And so why would you expect there to be anything better? Because it is technology is so incredibly impressive so so how could you imagine anything better than that um but you know when you get feedback from parents saying oh my little johnny is <laughs> is asking for this book to be read every single night and you know he's getting really energized and it's difficult for him to sleep <laughs> um you know but he still asks for it every single every single night and he's just so excited about doing the animal moves and he wants us to join in as parents and and I'm like, oh, that's inc that's incredible. I, I feel sorry for parents being sleep deprived because their kids are asking to, to play late at night. But um, but it, I, I feel as if it's it's hit, you know, it's resonating yeah. with kids. It's resonating with parents who feel that it's important for their kids to get this message as well. And and we'll see we'll see where where it goes. You know, um, yeah. There's a few yeah. actually just on the on the subject of that. It's also had a a couple of translations as well. So it's been translated to Spanish um, and it's currently being trans translated to German. So, so, um, so it's spreading. Yeah. Why not a TV show, Daryl? I mean, any, any producers <laughs> watching this, I think it'd be a cool TV show too. 
<laughs> yes, I'd love I'd love a cartoon. Um, yeah. I did a little tra- I did a little trailer, uh, which which is kind of animate a small bit of animation around around the book and nice. yeah that'd be it, it would be great to, for something to go oh i'd love to convert this to a little short story animated short story but but um yeah i probably have to get crowdfunded or something that's a project that's an idea <laughs> <laughs> but um so daryl yeah, that's, we need to that's do what we can that's yeah, wonderful so so where can people go as we as we finish up here where can people go that want to get the book or want to just learn more about you where should where should they go the best place is my website primalplay.com which basically talks about how to have a more beneficial experience with movement, how you can increase the amount of movement minutes in your day, find out about the dangers of a sedentary lifestyle, of a physically inactive lifestyle, how you can create a more playful environment for yourself, for your your children. And I have lots of resources from blog posts to books to physical products to help people play more. Mm, that's great. And, and and where where can they get uh, where can they get the new book if they want to get a, a book for their kid or you know the children's book? Yeah, so that you, again you can you can find all the links on my website. Okay. Um, um, you can get it from you can pretty much get it from all good and all bad bookstores. So okay. so, okay. so so you can pick your bookstore your bookstore of choice um and get and get hold of it and i've got quite a few links to to the book on my website to to different stores around around the world so yeah there's pretty good access and availability to for for the book um and for anyone who does does purchase the book and likes the book a review is always helpful and useful there we go thank (laughs) you my friend it's great to catch up with you daryl thanks so much drew it's been a pleasure once again Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone. 